Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Derek Garaflo, and he's here to talk about the Disability Caucus and the Albany County Democratic Committee. So, Zach, how are you? How are you dealing with this whole pandemic stuff? Uh, I'm I, I'm hanging in there as best as possible, Cynthia. How about but you? Doing the best I can. That's all I can do, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not running. I'm not running into crowds with twenty thousand unmasked people or anything. I'm, you know, more or less staying in my apartment and you know keeping my distance. And when I go out, I put my mask on. So. I mean, at this point, what else can you do, right? And that's that's about it. So Take tell us about the disability caucus. Sure. So, um, so basically, uh, I'm a person with a disability. I have ADHD, and um. You know, it wasn't really until I was in college that that I realized that that my disability was basically connected to many other people's disabilities, and that we were all fighting for um, social justice and equality when it comes to services and supports that we need. And you can't you can't really talk about disability just like you can't talk about any other. Um, marginalized community without talking about the political implications of it. So fast forward a few years, I graduate college. Um, you know, I, I was working for, uh, you know, a statewide advocacy organization for people with disabilities. And I was approached by uh, Leah Golby about running for the county committee. And, you know, I, I didn't really have any, any desire or any of that kind of thing. Um, except as it pertains to empowering people with disabilities to be active community members um, and who know how to use their voices. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll run for this. So I ran, I won. It was a three-way race for two seats. Um, and so I was elected and, you know, approached Jack Flynn about like, because like this is a real, like the, the disability community is, is, you know, really an untapped voting block. So I, you know, I approached Jack Flynn and 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 the party leadership, and you know, they 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 you know grac- graciously endorsed uh, this project, and so I was able to build um, a disability community, a, a disability caucus, and mm-hmm. be, be you know because of that because of their leadership and their endorsement, we've been able to get eligible people with disabilities registered to vote. Uh, educated about this year's election and uh, casting ballots. Zach, can I ask you a few questions before you go on? Now, you said that you were diagnosed with um, what's normally known as hyperactivity. When you were in school, whether grade school, middle school, or high school, were you taking any medications? Yeah, so I was diagnosed probably when I was uh, two years old. 
And from the time I was two years old um, until, you know, a couple of years after college, I was on all sorts of medications, um, you know, to manage, manage the hyperactivity. How does it manifest itself with you? So for me, and as a child, you know, as a child, uh, basically I, I was, I was, and I still have a ton of energy. Uh, you know, when I was a child, you know, no impulse control, definitely drove my parents crazy. Um, but I was also very fortunate in that, you know, I, I, I received all sorts of early intervention, uh, you know, counseling, I played sports, all that kind of stuff. And so I learned how to, how to live with and manage ADHD. And at this point in my life, it's advantageous. Um, you know, I wake up at 4 a.m., I am. I have a ton of energy, you know. Just ask my girlfriend Megan, like going 300 miles per hour, and it's it's all about teaching yourself how to really focus and channel that energy for creative and positive uses. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's kind of why I'm into all the different things that I do, because that really helps me manage living with a disability. And it's it's great to be able to use, you know, my privilege as a white, able-bodied male, um, you know, to, I guess, help, you know, shine a light on, on you know, the broader disability community, uh, people who are not, who are not, who have not had the services that I've had, and hopefully really begin to build power um, the disability community and, and, and educate candidates about issues that are important to the disability community, particularly okay. as we begin to respond to the pandemic. Okay, I've got a couple more questions for you. Early on, because you're a young man, you're are you still in your twenties or early thirties? <laughs> we can uh no I'm early thirties. Okay. So you're in your early 30s. Growing up, was diet a factor in your hyperactivity? Uh, So all I ate growing up was healthy stuff. My parents made sure that my sister and I always had, um, you know, like, you know, we didn't – I grew up, I didn't eat candy, any of that stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. just apples, fruits and vegetables. Um, My parents always were were proponents of healthy food. Okay. So you didn't binge on, you know, uh, the the food-coloring food food, uh, with the red dye or the uh, yellow dye or the blue dye. So you basically stayed away from that stuff, yet you were still diagnosed with uh, hyperactivity? Yeah. So I was adopted. So I don't really know my, you know, my biological history. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was wild. There's this video of me on, yeah, there's this video of, yeah, I was, <laughs> I put my parents and a lot of people through a lot of, uh, 
a lot of grief growing up. Okay. So do you think that that hyperactivity is um, really comes from, like, a real problem uh, for, for the person physi- uh, physiologically? Or do you think that the environment being the foods they eat and, and the drinks that they drink, like sugar and caffeine and all that other stuff, you think that's a major factor in this problem? So I think ADHD is a real diagnosis, but I also think it's overdiagnosed. And I do think that, like, if you give certain kids sugar, those kids are going to go off the walls. For me, right. because, because I have that chemical imbalance in my brain, if I eat sugar, Cynthia, I fall asleep. Like, if I drink soda or coffee, I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But, but, but other kids, it makes them go wild. It puts me to sleep. Right. It's crazy. Right, because, you know, in the day, I'm talking about the uh, late 70s, early 80s, there was, like, massive prescriptions that were written for kids with hyperactivity, but do you think that was an? Do you think that's an umbrella uh, phrase where uh, medications were just given out to young people? And I'm talking about harmful stuff, like you know. Um, oh, good! I even forgot the name of it, but it was like a uh, Ritalin. Yes, that's the Ritalin. That's not exactly, you know, a, a, that's not exactly the best medication to give a child. Um, do you think that the pharmaceutical company used the quote-unquote hyperactivity as a way to dispense with more drugs? Yeah. I do, but okay. I also think that you have that, that that out there you have a ton of desperate parents who don't know what to do with their child, you know, and they go crying to the doctor, you know. And I think in a lot of cases, when it's just a behavioral issue and not actually mm-hmm. a medical thing, the you know the the, the doctor is so quick to medicate noncompliance as opposed to look into holistic approaches to manage excess energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's twofold. Okay. Because when I was, when I was a kid many moons ago, you never heard of hyperactivity. You never heard of Ritalin. And all of a sudden that, that problem became so massive. It was inventive. Okay. Well, it's, it's kind of like autism now. The amount of like the, like the 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 and yeah, screenings increased, but like the number of people diagnosed with autism now, to some extent, mm-hmm. that that is similar to the the rapid increase in people with ADHD when okay. I was growing up. Okay. I'm sorry to butt in. Uh, continue. I'm sorry. 
No, no, this is all this is all fair game, Cynthia. So, you know, the disability struggle obviously is connected to broader struggle for um, for social justice and human rights. And so, with the disability caucus, what we're really trying to do is connect with disconnected voters disconnected people with disabilities, educate them about the process while simultaneously educating our elected officials about the disability community and create that two-way street because you have all of these policies coming out. So, for example, take nursing homes. Nursing homes aren't always needed in all cases. You can serve, you can serve many people's medical needs without warehousing them in costly institutional settings while also creating jobs, uh, you know, at their, in, in the community and keeping families intact. Um, but, like, the disability community has never really had a strong voice locally, statewide, or national, nationally. So me and a couple other people, Mike Volkman, the chair of the caucus, um, and Shamika Andrews, um, got together and basically we we created this and and tapped into the the local disability community um yeah did you see the town halls that we held on disability policy that these past couple no, weeks I i'm kind of like pretty bad about connecting with the zoom and all that other stuff i hate to uh, say it but i am that's that's fine we got we got assembly members fahey mcdonald stack uh, District Attorney Soares and candidates Fine and Toporowski, um, you know, to all participate in, in individual town halls with the Disability Caucus. And we talked to them all about disability issues. And that's the first time, you know, that, that the disability community has really had a voice here in Albany County in terms of, you know, directly addressing candidates on uh, disability issues. Mhm. It was, I definitely think it was a really, a really educational event, and I, I encourage you and 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 your listeners check out our uh, Facebook page, Albany Disability Dems, Albany Disability Dems, and our the videos of these are up are uploaded, um, and there's closed captioning, so it's accessible to people with a wide variety of of disabilities and access needs. Okay. Okay. So, um, um, go on. I'm sorry. Zach? You know, it's, it's just, I think, I think Cynthia in this day and age, um, all of the issues that, that our society is facing, you know, they're interconnected um, because there are people out there, you can't, you can't talk about disability justice without talking about racial justice, economic justice. Um, there are black people out there with disabilities. You know, there are, uh, are gay and gender nonconforming individuals with disabilities. Disability really intersects with all of the other identities. And disability is also really the only the only minority that anybody can enter at any time, you know, God forbid a horrific accident, an illness, 
that kind of thing. And so we're really trying to, you know, build the voting block here in Albany, give people with disabilities a voice, and hopefully be able to actually influence, uh, you know, connect politicians with people with disabilities so that they can make policies that, that really actually help the disability community. Okay. So what has your caucus accomplished so far? You know, I think that just this whole change in in culture is a huge, huge accomplishment. You know, we're the first disability caucus um, that that Albany County Democratic Committee has, has ever had. Uh, mm-hmm. We've also we also held all of these town halls to really bring home issues uh, important to people with disabilities um, to the broader community. And we're not stopping there. ADA, so July is the Americans with Disabilities Act month. Um, And so there there are going to be a number of events planned, and we're hoping the disability rights flag will fly on Albany City Hall. So stay tuned for that. Um, And we're we're hoping to hold a a screening of of a bunch of films. We want to maintain this momentum going into – you know, the November election so that people get out there, you know, basically get out the vote, rev up the disability vote. So, so, yeah. you know, Crypt Camp is one of the films that we want to virtually, virtually screen and then have a Twitter, you know, a Twitter chat accompany it. And I definitely hope, Cynthia, you'll attend. I'll send you the information. Okay. Okay. So when will that be? Probably in July. We haven't figured out a date. We have to figure out like the whole copyright issue, um, but it'll 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 be in July in conjunction with with um, the celebrations for the Americans with Disabilities Act. Okay. When was that? When was that passed? How long has that, that been? And almost thirty years at this point. Okay. President okay. George and, W. Bush, 1990. And do you think over the years it has uh, made a difference in people's lives? So you can have a law in the books, um, but there's still discrimination. You know, 30 years out, we still have businesses that people with disabilities can't get into on on, on wheelchairs. Uh, and that's unacceptable. There's no excuse for that. There, there's education. There, there are programs out there to help modify storefronts. Um, you know, people with disabilities are still underemployed in the workforce. People with disabilities are still, you know, disproportionately impacted by changes to, you know, the healthcare delivery system. People with disabilities are, are you know, still uh, disproportionately either shot or, or injured, uh, either by police or other state systems. So I think, I think mm-hmm. we have a long way to go to realize the full potential of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Okay. Okay. So the, uh, the caucus in Albany, what do you see coming out of it? 
Um, you know, I, I see us continuing to engage candidates on disability issues, uh, eliminate barriers to voting, making sure that there's accessibility of voting technology, accessibility of polling places. Um, you know, I think we're going to need to work with the Albany County Board of Elections about uh, disability issues. So, you know, teaching poll workers how to work with people with disabilities, election inspector training, hopefully empower people with disabilities to take up, um, you know, to become election inspectors and poll workers. Um, I think we have to do a lot more in terms of continuing these conversations with our elected officials about mm -hmm. the importance of the disability community. Um, and that can, that can include trainings on, on voting rights and, um, you know, basically how to empower people who, who, you know, are under guardianship, meaning they can't make their own decisions, but they can also be active in the voting process. Um, mm -hmm. And basically expanding, expanding the participation just generally of people with disabilities in civic life. In my opinion, this doesn't have to be strictly partisan. It doesn't have to strictly be democratic. Uh, mm -hmm. On the Republican side, people with disabilities want life and liberty, you know, the right to live independently in a community of their choice. And so while it's great that the Albany County Democratic Committee has taken this up, this, 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 this transcends politics, you know. This is more important than Democrat and Republican. This is about making sure that people with disabilities are able to live you know, the life they want in the community that they choose. Well, you know, Zach, that I work with uh, Blaze Bryant with with my podcast. Uh, he edits them and then it goes to WCAA and it's put on the radio. And Blaze is blind and you would never believe, you know, the stuff that he does, the work that he does and you wouldn't think he, in talking to him, he doesn't let anything interfere with the fact of, uh, you know, he wants to be a productive citizen. And I think that's wonderful. I mean, he's not letting his handicap, which is total blindness, stop him from doing anything. And I think that's great. So I have, I have something to add about that. Blaze is a good friend of mine. And when he listens to this, we need to meet up for a drink because we've been saying this for a very long time and, you know, life happens. But I also think of Blaze now that we've switched to this world where, like, we're, we're, you know, only on the phone, only on Zoom, and we don't have those visual social cues to pick up on. And right. it just amazes me every single day how Blaze and other blind people like, I always knew in theory, like, that was going on, but it never actually dawned on me until, like, the volume of phone calls increased, like, tenfold overnight. And how reliant I personally am on those visual cues. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it really, it, like, like, when I talk about me having ADHD being advantageous, I bet mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, being blind, that's, that's a culture, you know, you become accustomed to, to how you do things. 
And a lot of blind people would never want to even have surgery to, like, get sight because they're so accustomed to the way they do things as part of their identity, just like the deaf community, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just this, this, what our society is going through, um, what Blaze does, it just, I guess becomes more meaningful because I'm to some extent experiencing the lack of visual cues now. And because of that, I appreciate even more, uh, you know, what it's like to, you know, I guess what it might be like to be blind. Mm-hmm. And he said that he lives on a, a second floor apartment building. So he's got to go up and down stairs. And to me, that seems kind of frightening. It doesn't bother him at all. Yeah, I got a funny story for you, Cynthia, actually. I'm not going to name any names. But I was at um, this conference a couple years ago. It was me and, and another friend who's blind. And we were both, we went out to the bar, definitely had a, you know, we definitely drank a lot. And mm-hmm. we were, we walked back to the hotel and he was, he was definitely drunk. He was able to get us back to the hotel. I had, and I have, I, I have a generally decent sense of direction, you know, like not too good, not too bad, but you know, it's okay. Kind of thing. My friend got mm-hmm. us back to the hotel and he was blind and he was drunk. And it was a random city that we didn't know. It was Washington. Oh yeah. Wow. So it's just, you hone because because you're and I don't want to speak for I don't want to speak for anyone who's blind, but like you're able to hone in on other skills. You really overdevelop other skills, you know, to compensate. Mm-hmm. Just like I do mm-hmm. for ADHD. Right, right. So uh, Zach, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, do you think you've covered everything? Would you want to come back to talk about this? How do you feel? I feel really good, Cynthia. Uh, I'd, I'd love to come back and, and continue this discussion with you. Okay, terrific. So, and uh, the final moment, what would you tell everybody listening to this? Uh, besides stay, stay tuned for part two. Uh so if you or anyone you know uh, is interested in joining the Disability Caucus, go to Albany Disability Dems on Facebook uh, or email me, and I'm sure Cynthia can put up uh, my email. But, but we invite people listening to Focus on Albany to partner with us uh, because there are innovative ways that we can engage our community, and we're always open to feedback and collaboration to, to promote the full integration and participation of people with disabilities in society. Thank you so much, Zach. We'll, we'll schedule part two of this discussion. So you've been listening to Zach Garaflo. And, you know, uh, I, I forgot to mention, uh, give out your contact information, your website, in case somebody wants to learn more about it through you know, the internet. Sure. It's uh, Z-A-C-H at Z-A-C-H-G-A-R-A-F-A-L-O 
com. Zach at ZachGarafalo.com. Okay, Zach. So we'll schedule part two. Uh, thanks for taking the time to be on Focus on Albany. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We don't talk yeah. as much as we should. We don't talk as well, much as we should, definitely. And we'll thank have you, to, everybody. We'll have to meet up with Blaze to get a drink. Oh, that would be fun. And thank yeah, you, everybody, right. for listening. Part two will be coming up shortly. Have a great day. Thanks, thanks Zach. Bye-bye.